Hello, friends. Welcome to Go for Growth. I'm so grateful that you're here today. I'm your host, Brenda. In this first episode, I'm going to be diving deep into a question that I know we've all asked ourselves at some point. And that question is what am I doing with my life? I'll be chatting about three points specifically on how this question led me to feeling unfulfilled in my career, how this ultimately stems from people-pleasing tendencies in childhood, and lastly, how social media skews our opinions about ourselves. I'll also be sharing some tips to get a little bit closer in discovering the answer in your own life. Hear me out, I followed all of the quote-unquote steps. I graduated university, I started an internship, I worked my way up the ladder in my career, but then I started to leave jobs because I was just feeling really unfulfilled. And I know, I've heard it all, the grass is always greener on the other side, hindsight's always 2020. I know, but I went through the cycle of where I would work for a year, and then I would quit, I'd find a new job, and then I would hope that the next job would fulfill me. But I realized that no matter where I worked, nothing could satisfy me because, you know, big shocker, I was not happy with myself. Then that would cause my mind to spiral and constantly lead myself to asking, what am I doing with my life? But as of recent, I do feel like I'm starting to pick myself back up from that point. And I don't think anyone has the real answer to this question because Maybe we don't have only one purpose. Maybe we were meant to do many different things and not just have one thing fulfill us. So I asked myself a lot of tough questions to figure out what I truly value. And personally, I find introspection through journaling. I love writing down my thoughts and clearing my headspace. Later on in this episode, I'll be sharing other ways that you can get to know yourself better and clear the noise from your head. I know that for myself, I hit a quarter-life crisis in my mid-20s. I'm currently 27, so we're right on track. I came to this realization that adulthood isn't what I imagined as a kid, and I feel like a lot of people go through this as well. Bear in mind, I have everything that I could have asked for when I was a kid. I live alone in my own place. I have a cute dog. I have a loving partner. I have everything I could have imagined but I still felt unhappy. Let's start by talking about two realizations I've had from working full-time that caused me to ask this question of, what am I doing with my life? And the first realization I had is that the roles I worked in never truly fulfilled me. For the past six years, I've worked in social media and communications, and I always felt like there was something missing in the back of my mind. Maybe it's because I ultimately didn't feel like I was doing any good in the world. I was helping influencers promote products. I worked for retail brands and felt like I was promoting capitalism on social media that targeted people with low self-esteem, which at the time I did have. Or maybe deep down, I knew I wasn't living in my authentic truth. But what is my authentic truth? The reality is I held a lot of people-pleasing tendencies, and I find that a lot of people who do work in social media and marketing are extremely empathetic. It's almost like a prerequisite to get the job. You have to have a lot of empathy. 
And empathy can be a good thing for most of the time. You're able to understand other people's feelings. You're able to resonate with ideas, with clients and their vision. But in extreme cases, it can result in wanting to people please. And this is when you abide to their thoughts and feelings until you believe these thoughts to be your own. And then I find myself slowly losing my own sense of self and what my own beliefs are. And when you lose your sense of self, you come home from work, just not feeling aligned with your own values. And living a life of pleasing others can hide the real you. It's almost like you're living this double life. My second realization from working full-time is that some, not all, but some people in my industry sometimes came from really privileged backgrounds. And at times, this led to comparison and never feeling like I could be enough or was enough. So I would try to mold my personality, be a little bit more agreeable within certain topics in order to try and fit myself in, even though sometimes I had no idea what they were talking about. So I wouldn't have my own opinion on these ideas because I thought being agreeable could help me progress in my own career. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't completely change, but I still felt like a fraud at times when I would pretend to be interested in a topic when I only cared in order to stay relevant in the conversation. It's almost like you have to have these conversations to be known I also met a lot of people who were raised differently than I was and realized how much privilege allowed them the network and the confidence into knowing who they were. It can be a privilege from having the right connections. So their parents, who may be successful, they could share their network or could also be networking at a young age because they had access to private schools living in high-income neighborhoods, or being a part of these extracurricular activities. Another side of privilege, too, is having parents who show affection and nurture towards them. I cannot blame those who grew up with this privilege because I would love for my own children someday to have the support and affirmation for me as their parent, along with having their own access to meeting people who can help them discover their own true sense of self. But from my perspective, I do feel like a lot of the what am I doing with my life questions stem from my parents never taking the time to get to know me. And this resulted in having to people please and then having to abide in what my parents said. And by taking so much of my own sense of self and trying to appease my parents, I never had the time to discover or did I have the validation from my parents to accept me for who I am. On top of that, we also had a language barrier, and my parents both never really bothered to learn English. My own Cantonese isn't the best, so our communication in general, and to this very day, is limited to surface-level conversations. Okay, now we're going into childhood, and I know I was talking about work and realizations about work, but I also feel like your childhood has a lot to do with who you are as a person, and a lot of it is shaped as well. That's why... Everyone's talking about their inner child these days and healing from that. However, growing up, I never had guidance from my parents of what's possible out there in life. And in turn, I had to figure out most things on my own. Can't blame them. Honestly, they were working really hard. My parents and my older sisters, they were born and raised in China. And then when my sisters were teenagers, they immigrated to Canada and then they had me. I think 
also a part of why my parents didn't feel the need to care is not only because of the generation they were born in, but because I was the last of four daughters. And in our culture, having a boy is perceived to be extremely important because they pass on the family name and all that other shit, to be honest. So you can imagine how this made me feel more distant from my parents because at times I just didn't feel like I was wanted. But that's a story for another day. So for most of my childhood until I was 10, my parents were really busy working and my sisters were also working part-time after high school. And I remember being a latchkey kid. So this means I would have a key hung around my neck. I'd tuck it inside my shirt and my mom would tell me to never let the teacher or other kids know that I was walking home alone. Starting at the age of seven, I would walk home alone after school, let myself in, spend a few hours alone, just watching TV, distracting myself. I didn't really have snacks either. So I would just numb my brain until my family came home to make dinner. And I feel like a lot of these habits that I've grown up to have bled into who I am as an adult or who I was and what I'm trying to escape from. I didn't have any restrictions growing up, which at the time I thought was so cool. I could sleep over at my friend's house. I could stay out late. I could do anything, honestly, and I was never really scolded for it. But this also meant not having many extracurriculars or hobbies besides just going to the park beside my house. A lot of you who also did this growing up might think that this is normal, but I did have some friends and kids who would take gymnastics or learn how to swim and just have hobbies. But this obviously changed when I started middle school and high school where I discovered team sports and I would sign myself up for every single soccer, basketball, and volleyball team. The last factor um, in terms of my childhood was that I was never praised for doing things well by my parents. And I think this lack of validation led me to seek gratification elsewhere. I think this also ties into why I have such people-pleasing tendencies because I was always trying to find belonging in groups. Some of you might relate and find that your worth depends on how other people perceive you. One quote that I love recently is that what other people think of you is none of your business. And it's just so true, especially as you get older, you come to this realization that sometimes you just can't control what goes on in other people's minds. So you might as well just keep on doing you. I feel like therapy has been a great benefit to my life into unlocking these little gold nuggets and figuring out specific reasons as to why I don't really have a sense of self. I always thought I did, but I realized they had to do with looking good in a certain way to please my family, please my coworkers, please my partner. In my case, though, I was essayed as a child by an adult who I trusted, and I had to deal with that through therapy. I actually never told my parents or sisters this until I started therapy and opened up to them about it just over a year ago. So yeah, I definitely recommend finding a therapist that works right for you. I might do an episode on finding a good therapist if you don't even know where to start. So let me know if you're interested in a topic like that. So yeah, I just feel like 
this is a huge deterrent as to why you might not be happy with yourself. There just might be some underlying feelings or things that have happened to you in your childhood that you maybe pushed deep down and never brought them into the surface because you just thought, okay, this happened to me as a kid. Doesn't even matter. I never really think about it. But that one instance does cause a lot of reason as to why you might be really down on yourself. Next, when it comes to social media, it can be difficult in today's age because realistically, I think young adults and teens feel that, let's say you scroll through TikTok for an hour, you have dozens of opinions that are imposed on you, and you might be taking these opinions as your own subconsciously. You might have people telling you how things should be. They give their own niche opinion where you might not even second guess or question it. And that can lead you to not having the ability to make your own conclusions and forming your own opinions on certain topics. As much as I hate to admit it, I used to have an addiction where I would find myself scrolling on one app, exiting, going on Instagram, scrolling, done. Going on TikTok, scrolling, done. And then going in circles and circles until my brain rot. I didn't realize how much time this took out of my day either. I've been going through this phase where I spend all of my free time scrolling on social media and not realizing that I'm just letting my life pass me by. When I wake up in the morning, I'd find myself scrolling on my phone and catching up on what I missed throughout the night. When I would come home, I'd sit on the couch, catch up on social media. And the thing is, I feel like it's common. Like, I know that it's not good for me, but I still do it anyways. And that's what addiction is. Like, it's something that you're fully aware of, but you don't really have control over. So I had to do something about it. I would kind of go into this mode where I delete the apps off of my home screen, thinking that if I saw the app, maybe I wouldn't click it and... I still would. I would swipe down on my iPhone. I would search Instagram and it was so simple. I would just type in the letter I, then I would be right back into the app and not even realize how it got there. So this had to result in me deleting it completely. That way it forced me to find something else to do with my time, knowing that I could not access the app at all. I set some rules for myself that might be helpful for you if you have a social media addiction. Currently, I have a pretty strict rule. It can also depend on your own lifestyle and your own self-control, but I don't use Instagram. I don't use TikTok. I only use social media on desktop, but even so, I, I rarely do anyways. If I do, it's browsing on LinkedIn for five minutes just to see what's up for my career. On desktop, I also use Reddit to get access to news, information. With Reddit, it's more intentional too because I decide what subreddits I want to go on, whereas if I'm scrolling on TikTok, I don't get to choose. The algorithm decides what I get to consume. So I like having the option of going on Reddit on my desktop to just keep myself up to date. I do enjoy pop culture. I do read the news. So there's no way I can't just ignore all of that. Another rule is I keep my do not disturb on on my phone. I only keep important people who are allowed to override the mute. I find it helpful for me to have notifications on mute. I tend to have everything on mute, honestly. All my notifications are off and it's helpful when my phone remains a blank screen. So those are some rules that I keep for myself when it comes to phone usage and social media 
but I do want to provide some ways that you can get to know yourself better and wean away from asking yourself this existential question. If you do journal, ponder, do some med- some form of meditation, I want you to ask yourself, where are you spending most of your time when you're not working, sleeping, or at school? Are you on social media? Are you consuming content on YouTube? Or are you practicing and working on hobbies that fulfill you? It's totally okay to consume content, play video games and whatnot, but notice how much time you spend in a day doing that. I don't know if you've ever envisioned your life as a 24-hour wheel, but let's just say you sleep for seven hours, you exercise for one hour, you work for eight hours. What are you doing for the rest of that time? And are you happy with the time you spend on social media or consuming content? If so, do you. But if you have goals that you want to accomplish and you feel stuck in this cycle of what am I doing with my life, it might be time for you to revisit how you're spending this free time and investing that into your goals. Other ways to get to know yourself a bit better is to do a huge brain dump and ask yourself questions. Here are some questions to consider. First being, what are things that I find pleasurable? For myself, I love good scents, good smells, being surrounded by plants, listening to podcasts, going on walks with my dog, practicing yoga, making home-cooked food, cleaning, helping people, drinking matcha, writing. Then ask yourself, how often do you spend doing these things that you find pleasurable? And do these things help create a more well-rounded and better you? From there, pick and choose what you want to keep that will continue to set good habits in your life. And perhaps do less of what is wasting your time and allowing you to feel stuck. Next up is asking yourself, what are you good at doing? I find it difficult to talk good about myself or writing about myself in a positive way. If there's any way that you can make it easier, I would ask a friend, family member, someone you trust to bring out qualities of yourself that you might not see. For myself, I would say that I'm good at writing, giving advice to friends, being a creative person, and the list goes on. From there, analyze. Do these traits go with where you set out to be? If you're in school, do these traits go in line with the degree that you're studying and the path that you see yourself following? Or if you're working right now in a role that doesn't fulfill you, do these traits align with what you're doing on a daily basis? If not, and you're working to make money and earn a living, can you somehow find these qualities that you're good at and apply them to hobbies that you're doing on your free time. So if you are a very creative person, if you're good at writing, are you currently applying this in your day-to-day role or are you even doing this in your free time? And being introspective like this can perhaps help you unlock reasons as to why you might not be feeling fulfilled. Maybe you're just not doing things that you enjoy and just numbing your brain every single chance that you have. Lastly, what are some moonshot goals that you want to accomplish? I don't want you to limit yourself. It can be anything, seriously. Having goals that you set up for yourself, whether it's dreaming big and figuring out what you want to do, can actually be feasible. 
Sometimes I would write goals with a checkbox on the left-hand side. Let's say in a year when you revisit these goals, I find that I accomplish most of them subconsciously. And I think I read somewhere that writing them down activates your subconscious and it kind of gets your brain to know that it's something important and that they should prioritize as you continue on living your life. And you're more inclined to taking the first step and making it into a reality by putting pen onto paper and having it be a tangible step of believing in yourself and setting that goal. So those are some of the questions I write about, reflect on, ponder on often. Now I'm going to share some tips that I find very helpful. First being, if you have the funds, go travel somewhere. Even if it's for a weekend, I would highly suggest getting out of your familiar environment. Maybe it's taking a road trip for a few hours with some friends or flying somewhere different, fully immersing yourself in a new culture. Finding yourself through meeting new people and gaining new perspectives in life that you wouldn't necessarily get by doing the same routine every day. My last tip is to take a step back and count your blessings. A lot of the time you're so wrapped up in your day-to-day that it's hard to find gratitude and set time aside to practice. Let's try it right now. I want you to close your eyes and think of one thing you're grateful for this past week. Was it something you did at work, at school? something you did for a friend? Did you go to the gym? Even if it's something small, I want you to continue making this a habit because it can help you build a better sense of things that you appreciate and care for in your life. For more of an advanced version for gratitude that's a little bit more tangible, on a monthly basis in my journal, I have a section or spread with a month dedicated to it. So let's say there's an August gratitude page I'll number it to each day of the month, and for every single day, I'll write in really short jot note forms things that I've been grateful for. So today, I'd write down, I walked Clash, who's my dog, recorded podcast, made a bagel, practiced yoga. Alongside gratitude, I also have a section in my journal for every single month of the year that's titled Good Advised Month. So Good Advised August where I would write down learnings and good advice that I've encountered through the month. That's so valuable once I look back and reflect because there's just so much to be grateful for and you realize how much you can learn every single week, month, and year. I have so many journals spanning from the past five, 10 years of my life and you can see how much you've grown. And with that too, maybe you'll ask yourself less of what am I doing with my life? Because You're constantly keeping a record and you're keeping track of the things that you're doing and accomplishing. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's very first episode of Go For Growth. I would really appreciate it if you could follow my podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. It only takes a few seconds to support. If you have any questions or want to chat, you can DM the podcast at Go For Growth Pod, linked in the description. Love you guys so much and see you in the next one.